appreciate the church. Amen. Amen. Somebody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I, I want to talk tonight on this subject, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Simple title, but um, I think it's important, and uh, we're going to uh, hopefully get through this uh, in, a, in a timely manner. Uh, as we've been announcing, we do have our business meeting following this tonight. Typically, our business meetings don't last very long, and, uh, and so we're, we're going to uh, teach the word of the Lord and let the Lord speak to us. The Lord's already blessed us tonight, His presence. We feel strengthened and blessed and healed, and uh, we're going to deliver the word of the Lord, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. How many want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? How many know there's a difference between coming to church and being a disciple of Jesus Christ? I mean, no, there's a difference between sitting on a pew and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And uh, there's a lot of people that go to church that are not disciples of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to be one of those people. Amen. If the word of the Lord instructs us and commands us to be a disciple uh, of, of, of the Lord, then I, that's what I want to be. Amen. And uh, it's important that we know that the term disciple uh, in Scripture is speaking of someone who is a, a learner or a follower. I mean, no, in order to follow him, you have to learn of him. You have to know him in order to follow him. And so the term disciple, when you, when you study into the word, it, it just simply means a learner or a follower of Jesus Christ. And, uh, but what's, what's uh, important for us to understand is, you know, the word that we would often use is discipleship, discipleship. And, and that word uh, ship at the end, uh, as it is added to the word disciple, is a word that means the state of, the state of. So discipleship means the state of being or becoming a disciple. Now, this is important, very important, because it shows us that discipleship is an ongoing thing. The state of being or becoming a disciple. It is, it is, it is a perpetual thing. So what, what this is trying to explain to us this evening is that discipleship is a journey. Somebody say it's a journey. It is not a destination that we can eventually arrive at. Now, this is so important. It gives us the idea of perpetually and continually learning about Jesus. A disciple who's truly following in a discipleship uh, lifestyle is someone who is consistently following after Jesus, thereby becoming a disciple. You are a disciple, not because you're in church, but you're a disciple because you are continually following after Jesus Christ. You are consistently learning of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. It's not because we've been in church for a long time. It's not because, well, because I've been in church for 10 years, I'm a disciple. That doesn't make you a disciple. 
It's not because you attended a class. It's not, it's, it, but the mark of a true disciple is whether or not discipleship is happening every single day of their life. Oh, hallelujah. Whether you've been in church. And, and so, so, so somebody that's been in church for five months can be a disciple. Whereas somebody that's been in church for 30 years is not a disciple. It has no, nothing to do with the amount of time. It's about are you a follower? Are you a learner? So five years or, uh, you know, 25 years or 50 years, is discipleship still taking place in your life? Are you still learning? Are you still growing? Are you still moving forward? Are you still following after? Or have we just kind of camped? Have we just kind of stopped? That I, I know this and I know the truth and I know Jesus' name baptism. I know the oneness of God and I know holiness living and separation. I know these things. And so this is kind of where I just stop. This is where it, it ends for me. Now I am a saint. Now I am a disciple. Well, biblically that's not necessarily true. And so we have to understand that to be a disciple, it is an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. It's, I mean, no, it's not the will of God for us to just stay status quo. It's not the will of God for us to just stay uh, rooted in a certain uh, place in our walk with God. It's not the will of God. We are to be disciples every day of our life, moving forward, growing forward. I mean, no, uh, it's, it's not requiring us to grow every single day by leaps and bounds. I mean, no, some days you have those days. Those are good days. You get great revelation, you get whatever. But how many know every day is not like that? But every day we are to learn a little bit more about Jesus. Every day we are to follow a little closer to him, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's a lifelong experience where imperfect people willingly allow the Lord to shape them into his likeness. I want to be more like you today than I was yesterday. A disciple. I want to be just a little bit more like you today than I was yesterday. Now, can you imagine if 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 we truly and sincerely did that, where we would be in a year? I mean, you want to talk about some growth. You want to talk about some moving, you know, far into the things of God. If every day we just decided, I'm gonna be a little bit more like Jesus today. Does, I, I don't have to, you know, be a, a hundred miles down the road today. Just a little bit more like Jesus today. I want to know a little bit more of his word today. I want to be a little closer to him today. Oh, hallelujah. Man, you, 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 put, a, you put a couple of those kind of years together. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me. Discipleship. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What's it say? Every day. Daily. Not just on Sundays, not just on Thursdays, not just on good days. Daily. And follow me. So notice there, there, there are people that claim to be disciples or followers of Jesus Christ. But, but this verse is the clarion call of Christ concerning the subject of discipleship. He said, you know, it's not, it's not really about what you think discipleship is. It's about what he thinks discipleship is. And the clarion call, he's letting us know 
who he views to be disciples. Because it doesn't matter who I may view to be a disciple or who you may view to be. None of that matters. What matters is who he views to be a Because you're not following me and I'm not following you. We're to be following him. So he's the one who gets to determine are you following me or not. And so notice again who he's speaking to. He's speaking to those who desire to follow after him. If you want to follow after me. If this is really what you want to do, if you really want to be a disciple, he's speaking to those who desire to be his followers, his disciples. And look at the instruction that he gives them, for he tells them that the only way, the only way, the true disciple, the real disciple, not the one that just wants to talk a good talk, you know, uh, but the true disciple, the only way this really happens in their lives is if they're first willing to deny themselves, take up their cross, and be willing to do that every single day of their life. Is that what he says? Oh, hallelujah. So, you know, some, sometimes it's, it's possible even in the religious world where uh, the bar has been lowered so far to what a disciple is. That it's got to the point where, you know, if you, if you just come to church every once in a while, and if you just love, if you say you love Jesus, and you may even love Jesus, and, and you're a good person, and you, you, for the most part, have good morals. You're, you're, a, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. But that's not what Jesus says. And, 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 and we have to understand that, you know, uh, we're, we're not to live our lives based upon uh, cultural understandings. But we're to base our lives on what does Jesus say? What does Jesus think? What is, what, is Jesus, what is the words that Jesus has put into this book? And so he says, if you want to be my disciple, then you have to willing to take up your cross, deny yourself, and be willing to do that every single day of your life. Now, how many know the cross of Christ? Uh, we're, we're, we're not, uh, you know, going to be taken up and nails in our hands and our feet like he is, but how many know the cross or, or had happened to him? But how many know the cross of Christ represents humility? And the cross of Christ represents sacrifice and brokenness. And how many know it, 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 the cross of Christ represents submission? Not my will. It, it, if, if it can pass for me, that'd be great, but not my will. I'm submitted to the process. I'm submitted to the plan. I'm submitted to my purpose. So how many know the cross represents submission? So we see that Jesus is saying, if you truly want to be my disciple, then you must allow every single day of your life for the discipleship process to take place. We must be submitted every day of our lives. Now, has anybody ever not been submitted? We all have. So there's, you know, there's some days that we're not submitted. But in those moments, that's when we need to stop and we need to repent and we need to resubmit ourselves to the purpose and the plan of God. Am I right? Because he says to be a real disciple is every day. And some days you're not going to hit the mark. But when you don't hit the mark, don't keep not hitting the mark. If you're not submitted one day, don't. Not be submitted two days. Don't let two days turn into five days. Repent. Get right. Get back into the, to the mode of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
How many know our will? Now, this stuff we're going to talk about, it's not uh, culturally acceptable. In, in, in the culture that we live in, some of the stuff we're talking about today and the things that Christ and the word of the Lord is asking from us, it is very counter-cultural. Because what Jesus is saying is, I, I want your will and your human desire to be broken every single day. Because how many know that's what happened at the cross? And it should be broken every day. Every day. But how many know what our culture says? You know, our culture says, you know, if it feels good, do it. Our culture says, whatever you want, just go after it. Right? And, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not about what you want. It's about what I want for you. And the only way you're going to find out what I want for you is if you crucify what you want and be submitted to, the, to my voice. Oh, Hallelujah. So we should have a willingness to sacrifice self for the purpose of God every day. But again, our, our culture is all about me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I feel. It's, about, it's all about me, 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 me. And the Lord says, if you want to be a disciple, it can't be about you. It has to be about him. And that whole me business has to die on a cross and how I many know that me business, once you kill it one day, it's going to come back alive the next day? There it is. I thought I killed you. Every day. Sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> it'd be nice to kill it once and it'd be dead. But sometimes it's like multiple times a day we got to kill that thing. And so it is that this is what the Lord is asking from us. And so when, when we deny ourselves and when we deny our, our thoughts and our intents, the intents of our heart, we desire our dreams. And again, that goes countercultural to everything that this world has put. You know, follow your dreams. There's little signs out front painted, you know, on the barn wood sitting on next to the doors. Follow your dreams. And, we, and, and the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. You, you follow what I tell you to follow. Your, your decisions, crucify them. Your path, crucify them. And then we put upon ourselves an attitude of humility and sacrifice and brokenness and submission. And so when we are submitted truly to that and when we are saying, not my will, but thy will be done. It's not about what I think. It's not about what I feel. It's not about what I desire. It's about what you desire for me. When we are hitting that mark and being faithful to that mentality, we are then being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Somebody said amen. So again, the key term here is daily. Somebody say daily. Because I've pastored long enough to see individuals that choose to be disciples for five years or ten years or even longer. But then you, if the right, or in this case the wrong, situation arises or the right temptation arises or the right lie is whispered to them, 
Now, what seems like all of the sudden, they backslide away from God. They fall away from ministry and calling and purpose. And they make choices that are going to negatively affect them and their families for years to come. But what you have to understand is that it did not happen suddenly. It may look like it happened suddenly. It did not happen suddenly. It may look like some this change, this decision happened overnight, but it did not happen overnight. For at some point while sitting on an apostolic pew, they made a decision to stop carrying every day the cross of Christ. They stopped making the decision when they woke up that morning to be submitted to the Lord, to be submitted to the Word, to be submitted to spiritual authority. They made a decision to stop living a life of humility, sacrifice, brokenness, and obedience in their life. And they began to live a life that had the concept of this is what I want. So I will pursue what I want. Their decisions are now becoming more and more and more based upon self-will. Their actions are becoming more and more based upon and dictated by their own fleshly desires their own fleshly wants, their own fleshly appetites. And they refuse to submit to the book, and they refuse to submit to spiritual authority. They refuse to submit themselves to the spiritual advice that has been given to them by people who love them the most. And those people, some of whom have been in church for years, end up falling away from God. Because at some point, hear me very carefully, at some point, they laid down the cross of Christ in order that they might pick up something far less meaningful and far less redemptive. You see, because there's some things in life, specifically the things that are pleasing to our flesh, that you cannot both carry them and the cross at the same time. You're going to have to lay one down in order to pick up the other. Oh, hallelujah. You're either going to have to lay down the cross to pick up the flesh, or you're going to have to pick up the flesh and lay down the cross. And so it is. So it is. So we'll look at this verse just a bit later, but this is what Jesus would say in John chapter 8 and verse 31 when then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if Ye continue in my word, if, if ye what? Continue, continue, continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. Not, not, not in my word for a few weeks. Not obedient to my word for a few months or even for a few years. But those that are going to make it and those that are going to endure the tests of time and the difficulties of life are going to be those and, and those that are going to be able to weather 
spiritual oppositions that come against them. How many know we're going to be faced with some things in this life? How many know some storms are going to come our way? How many know some temptations are going to come our way? How many know some things are going to rise up in our flesh? We're going to be faced with these things. But the word of the Lord is telling us, Jesus is telling us, here's what you're going to have to do in order to be my disciple. He said, every day, continue in my word. Continue being submitted to this book right here. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my word. Do it even when you don't feel like doing it. How many ever been obedient to it when you didn't feel like being obedient to it? How many was ever obedient to this when all, every bit of your flesh wanted to resist it? Yeah. Don't, don't think for a minute that being obedient to the word of the Lord comes easier for some people than it does for other people. Well, it just must come easy for those people because they always seem to be submitted to it. No. no it's still a cross. It's still sacrifice. It's still humility and brokenness and submission. And none of those things are easy for anybody. And so every single day we are to submit to his plan and to his word even when we don't feel like it. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? I don't feel like it. But I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be obedient to that word right there. And I don't have to shout about it. I'm just going to do it. I don't feel like running the aisles over it right now. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be obedient to it. And guess what? Tomorrow I'm just going to be obedient to it. And the next day I'm just going to be obedient to it. Woo, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him we need to take up our cross every day. Now, I, 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 I feel to help somebody here right now, okay? I really, I really want to help somebody in the room because, you know, I've done this a little while now, and I've, I've dealt with individuals who have laid down their cross, and now they are doing that which they were counseled not to do. They're doing the very thing that the Word of the Lord is telling them not to do. Spiritual advice is telling them not to do. And invariably, invariably, they say things similar to this. Well, pastor, it just feels right. Just feels right. It all just seems to fit. I just feel real good about it. You know, I, 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 know, I know spiritual authority doesn't necessarily approve. And... I probably haven't even brought it to them because I know they wouldn't approve. And my family don't necessarily approve and my church family don't necessarily approve. But I feel so good about it. The truth of the matter is that because these individuals are struggling spiritually, it has caused their vision of what is right and wrong to become dim. Somewhere along the way, they've let down the cross in their life, and so their vision has become dim. 
of what this book is asking of them. And this the vision has become dim for what the word of the Lord has required of them and asked them to submit to. And they, they, they're, they're not seeing things in a real biblical context. They're not seeing things in a proper spiritual submitted context. Things are hazy, fuzzy. It's now more about feel. And it reminds me of a scripture and a story of uh, in scripture of the patriarch by the name of Isaac. And, and uh, I, I, it's a, the story that I would feel to discuss is a few verses, but I, I just follow along with me here. Genesis chapter 27, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. So right off the bat, we understand in context to what I just talked to you about that we are now dealing with someone who, who's not seeing things as clearly as they should. And so it is that he called Esau his eldest son. And said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here I am. And he, and he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow. Go out to the field and take me some venison. Kill me a deer. And make me savory meat such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. He's talking about the blessing that would go to the old eldest son. He said, but before I bless you with that, before I bless you with that, that blessing, I want you to go out to the field and kill a deer and cook it like I like it and bring it and serve it to me. We'll have this meal together and then I'll bless you with the birthright of the eldest son. Verse 5, and Rebekah, this is his wife, this is Isaac's wife, Rebekah, heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, so she's, she's kind of in the other room and she's got her ear to the door and she hears what he's, what he's saying. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. Verse 6, And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, me heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, so this is Rebekah talking to, you know, to Jacob now because she doesn't want Esau to get the blessing. She wants Jacob to get it. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, to where the Sheep are. Fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou, sh and thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and he may bless thee before his death. That's not what Isaac wanted to do. That was not Isaac's intention. But his wife was messing some stuff up here. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, now you got to think through all this. Esau, my brother, who's out hunting deer right now, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. 
and I am a smooth man. So his brother's real hairy, and he's not hairy at all. Verse 12, pre-adventure, my father pre-adventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. Soon as I go in there and hand him the stuff, he's going to feel me, and he's going to know I'm a liar. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. I'm not going to get the blessing. He's going to end up cursing me for this. And so his mother says unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Only you obey my voice, and you go fetch me what I told you to fetch me. Verse 14, so he went, and he fetched, and he brought them to his mother. And his mother made the savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And so she goes and gets Esau's clothes, and she comes and puts them on Jacob. Verse 16, here we go. And she put the skins of the kids of his goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And so they killed those goats those lambs, whatever, and she cooks the meat, but she takes all the wool and, and the skin of all that and she puts it, ties it somehow, I don't know, but ties it on his hands and his arms and the back of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and he said, My father, and he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau. Thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison that thou so may bless me. So everybody's following along, right? With what's happening? And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly? How did you get out in the woods and kill a deer so quick? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Wow. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near. Come, no, no, something's not right here. I just, something's not right. Come, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. My son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And so Jacob went over near Isaac his father and he felt him. And he said, the voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Now, obviously, as you can imagine, Esau, you know, he's out hunting deer and then he gets back and he finds out all this has happened. So he's, he's obviously not happy with what has taken place. So it ushered in great conflict between he and his brother because his brother had deceived their father into giving him the birthright that was rightfully Esau's. Most importantly, it ushered in great contention. you gotta, you got to understand the severity of this because you, you have to understand our decisions don't always just affect us. but it affects future generations as well. So you have to understand this great contention with future generations, so much so that all of your life you have heard of the Israeli-Arab conflicts. It's been raging for decades. 
and all of the turmoil in the Middle East, it is a direct result of the fact that the Israel nation is descendant from Jacob and the Arab nations are descendants of Esau. And they are still fighting to this very day about this thing. This is where it started. And so when you pick up the paper, turn on the television, and you hear of the Middle East and all the stuff that's going on, this is where it started. And I said all of that to say this. All of the death that has happened in this battle between these two foes and families, all the tears, all the grief, all the suffering that it's caused was all, hear me, was all brought about because Isaac made a decision based upon what he felt instead instead of what he heard. It could have all been fixed. We wouldn't have had to deal with none of this stuff. All of the death, suffering, tears, bloodshed, could have been avoided if he would have went with what he heard instead of with what he felt. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said amen. And I feel the Holy Ghost trying to tell somebody this evening that you're currently in a, in a spiritual place where your, your vision of of The things of God has become blurred. During this time, maybe it's you're hurting about something, you've lost something, you're you're whatever, you're being tempted, you're being pulled, whatever the case is. You have to understand that in this time of your life, it is imperative that you do what you have heard. Not what you feel. It is so important that you get this today. For whoever this is for. Because just like the story that I read to you. If you base base the decisions of your life. Future. Relationships. Marriages. Finances. Jobs. Homes. Careers. Whatever it is. If you base it on what you going to open up a door of great conflict, suffering, hurt, tears, for possibly years to come. And how many know it also has the very real possibility of affecting future generations? Oh, hallelujah. So how many know this is a, this is a very important thing that we're talking about tonight? Because a true disciple, a true disciple, understands that when the direction for our our life is unsure, this is what a real disciple understands. That right now I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Right now everything's a little bit hazy, a little bit foggy. Everything's just not real clear. I don't have real clear direction. How many's ever been there? And, and, and you're, you're being tempted with this or enticed by this or you have this opportunity or that opportunity or this door or this whatever is being offered to you. And it's just like everything, there's, there's no real clear direction. There's no real clear understanding of what it is that you're supposed to do. 
In those moments, a disciple of Jesus Christ says this, I am going to do what I have heard. <laughs> Not what I feel. Because I don't even know exactly what I feel right now. I don't even know exactly what I'm supposed to do right now. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know. This seems like a good decision this day, but the next day this seems like a good decision. And one day I think I'm going to do this, but there's a part of me that knows that that's probably not the right thing, but my flesh wants it, but my spirit, and there's this confusion and this fuzz, fuzzy and this haze, and, 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 and I just don't know exactly what to do. A disciple in that moment says, I'm just going to stand still. I'm just going to do what I know to do. I'm just going to do what I heard. I'm just going to do what the book tells me to do in this situation. I'm just going to do what spiritual authority is counseling me. Even if I don't understand it. Even if I don't even agree with it. I'm just going to do because I don't even know exactly what to do. And it's just possible that as a disciple I'm going to submit myself to the process that God has established for my life by placing somebody over me that may just happen to know in this moment, what I need to do, because I don't know what to do. Somebody said amen. The book say it like this in John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. True disciple is, is one that just continues listening. Every day. Being obedient every day. No matter what the issue is, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the storm is, no matter what the temptation is, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter what the lie is, that the enemy is whispering to them, no matter what is offered to them, no, none, none of those things. I'm just going to follow after the Lord instead of my feelings. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. My feelings say I'm lonely, and so I want somebody in my life. Just get real. My feelings say I'm tired of being alone, and so I'm going to make a decision based on my feelings instead of based upon what the Spirit of the Lord is wanting for my life. And so it is that a disciple says, I know how I feel. I'm going to trust that God has what's right for me. I know how I feel, and I know sometimes what I want to do. But a disciple of Jesus Christ says, no, 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 no. In those moments, I'm just going to keep doing what I know to do. Not what I feel to do, what I know to do. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said amen. And here's why it's so important. To follow after what the book tells us rather than going after what you feel in your heart. Psalms chapter 10 and verse 3. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. And blessed, blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. You know what this is saying? It's, it's saying it's very possible to, that these people, they boast to their friends and their family about how something they have done was right 
because they felt to do it. And they boast. Oh, it's, this is right. This is the right thing. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this is the way I'm supposed to go. This is the decision I'm supposed to make. This is the relationship I'm supposed to be in. And they boast and they boast and they boast about their heart's desire. And the whole time, the Lord hates it. The Lord abhorreth it. So the very thing that they're espousing and going around and boasting to everybody about, oh, my heart feels this, and I'm so happy with this, and this is a wonderful thing. And they boast, and they boast, and they boast. And the whole time, the Lord is saying, I hate what you're doing. Jeremiah chapter, and I don't want to be in that place. I don't want to be in that place. And when we are disciples, we don't get to that place. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, the heart is deceitful. We've talked about this before, but we'll say it again. The heart is deceitful above everything else and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the whole business about following your heart, it's of the devil. It's completely contrary to the word of the Lord. Oh, you just need to follow your heart. You just follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. That's feelings. You follow what the book says. Well, just follow whatever makes you happy. No. The obedience to this makes us truly happy. <laughs> Following our own heart makes us temporarily happy. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know what I wish? I wish the people that boasted so much about how what they were doing was right, after about three months when they realize how wrong it is, I wish they'd be just as loud. Just once. <laughs> just once. I'd love for those people to be just as loud to tell everybody in order to help others. I was wrong. I was an idiot. I didn't listen. I should have listened. I was unsubmitted. I made a terrible decision. Please, everybody hear me. Never do what I did. I, one time I wish they would do that. I can keep hoping. So it is that we understand every day, every day. And I, I'm, I'm coming to a close, but I want to, I want to illustrate something just so we kind of have an understanding and, and then we'll close. But I, I've heard people uh, I, I've heard people talk about, uh, you know, specifically individuals that wanted to do things that were according to their feelings instead of according to the word of the Lord. And, and, and they'll say things, you know, you just, you just don't understand, Pastor. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. If, if everybody is thinking contrary to you and, and your last result uh, in your mind is to get to that place where you're thinking, I am right and everybody is wrong. You're in a bad place. Nobody gets me. Nobody understands. Pastor, you just don't understand. It all just fell right into place. It all seemed to work out so good. Do you ever think the devil can work stuff out? The devil can work things out really well. 
It, it, just seemed to, it just seemed to fit so perfectly. It was everything I wanted. It felt so right. The right thing for me. Now, you know, and, and it, you know, it, this, is a, this is an open door, Pastor. This is an open door. I just, I believe, I believe this is, this is an open door in, in my life. The direction for my life. This, this, is, this is an open door. So let me, let me, just, let me just illustrate as, as best I can, and then I'll be done. Brother Ron, if, if you would, could you, can you open that door? Just kind of open it up and just right there, prop it, prop it open right there. Okay, so we'll, we'll use you since you're here. You can stand over here. You know, so, so, so Brother Ron, you know, whatever. Life is opportunities, something has come his way. And, 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 and I don't feel good about it as your pastor. I don't, I don't feel good about it. And your wife don't feel good about it. Nobody feels good about it. But it, it's an open door to you. It feels really good to him. It's an, it's an open door. Watch, watch, how, watch how easy it just walk through. Pastor, it fit, you can come on out. It, it fits <clears throat> no, no problems, no, no issues. In, their, in his mind, there's no issues. In his mind, I, I just walk right through the door. I don't, there's, 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 there's nothing hindering me. There's nothing stopping me. It feels so good. It feels so right. I, I, just, I, just, I just can't see anything wrong with it. I don't know why everybody else does. The reason is because somewhere along the way, we've noticed the fact that you've laid your cross down. See, because if you had a cross on your back, pick that up. Carry it on your back. Any size. Things, you know, things get a little harder. You see, the door that was seemingly so open to you only seemed that way because there was nothing on your back. That's why it seemed like a great fit. That's why it seemed like you could just go in and out and everything was perfect and everything lined up. And I just don't know why everybody else don't get it because we understand some things that with a cross on your back, this doesn't work at all. With a cross on your back, you're going to feel the, the hits. You're going to feel the stops. Because that's the point of the cross. Don't go there. Come on, somebody. That's what the cross does. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's the point, and that's why it's so important to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because how many know sometimes we don't know which ways to go? We don't know the direction. We don't know the path. And sometimes, how many know, we start down a road thinking this possibly may be it. The reason why the cross is so important is because before we get too far down that road or too far into the, the door, the cross stops us. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, help us right now. And the cross says, that's not where we want you to go. And the cross 
informs you of the fact that's not the direction for your life. And the cross loudly speaks to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the wrong move. That's the wrong girl. That's the wrong guy. You can have the guy or the cross, but you can't have both. And a lot of times, a lot of times, that's the moment where we have to make up, the, make up our mind. Are we going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Hmm. I feel like giving up today, but I'm not. Because when I went to give up, the cross wouldn't let me. Felt like throwing in the towel. Felt like living an unholy life. I felt like fitting into the world. I felt like, but when I, when I, when I, when I thought about it, and I, and I took a direct, I took a, a step that way, something caught me. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> something caught me. Because somewhere along the way, I made up my mind. I might not always have good days. I might not always make the right choices. I might not always go down the right path. But I made up my mind. I am going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to submit my life to him. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to humble myself before the mighty hand of God. I'm going to live a life of humility. And in those days when I feel like doing something wrong, the cross just won't let me do it. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and give the Lord praise. Stand to your feet and give the Lord praise. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We don't always know what to do. We don't always know where to go. We don't always have the answers to every question. We don't always know what the right thing to do is. As much as we would like to, we're human beings. We operate in, in humanity and flesh. We don't always have, we don't have full wisdom and understanding about life. What to do in life. So that's why it's so important every day to go carry this cross. Because I may feel to do this, and it could be the exact opposite thing that God wants for me. And the cross won't let me go too far down that road. Before it stops me. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't want to live by feelings. I want to live based on what the cross says. I want to live based on the word of the Lord and what the word of the Lord says. 
Not what I think. What's the book think? What's the book say? In Jesus' name. Lift your hands one more time.